0: Welcome to the NBDA Podcast, interviews with industry leaders and subject experts from across the business development world. Join us as we talk about real-world experiences, challenges, and opportunities that can take your career to the next level. The NBDA Podcast is brought to you by your podcast team, where having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. Discover more at yourpodcast.team. Now here's your host, Dave Spray.
1: Welcome to the official podcast of the National Business Development Association. My name is David Spray, and today we're talking with Sue Ellen Birch, the Director of Growth and Innovation at Vista, a wealth management firm in Houston, Texas. In addition to leading business development for the firm, Sue Ellen is also a member of the board of NBDA, as well as the Director of Marketing for NBDA. In this interview, One of the most interesting things was where she shares her three best practices for business development. There are some real gems in there. Sue Ellen also answered the question of what she would tell her 25-year-old self if she could go back in time. Finally, and perhaps most importantly, we learn of Sue Ellen's answer to the age-old question of barbecue or Tex-Mex. Sue Ellen is a very warm and caring person with a zest for life that is really contagious. I think you'll really enjoy it. Let's get to the show. Hi, Sue Ellen. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Good morning, Dave. How are you doing today?
1: I am doing great. I am doing great. Where are you uh, calling in from today? Are you in the Houston area?
0: I am located in Houston, actually in Tomball, but our office is located in Houston.
1: That, that's great. So let's let's get started, shall we? So I believe you are, your title is Director of Growth and Innovation with UltraVista. Tell me about your role and how do you describe the company?
0: Sure. So in my role, I really focus on business development, new client acquisition, and manage our marketing effort. How do I, UltraVista is amazing. I love working with them. We really understand the mind of the entrepreneur. We know that business owners are never going to retire. They enjoy working, and we embrace that in our planning process overall. So um, just a really different approach to wealth management and planning, and we're not trying to reach out and get all of your assets under management. We want to make sure that we understand your vision, and um, we help you grow and maintain the wealth that you've built for yourself running that business and growing that business.
1: Yeah, I would I would second that. And actually, I'm my wife and I've been clients of Ultravistas for for a number of years, and it's a it really is a different approach, and the entrepreneurial specific approach, the planning process, the structured process that you all use, the team approach, just a lot of great things. And I've uh, recommended the firm to many people.
0: Well, thank you. We appreciate it, and we enjoy having you and Christine as clients as well.
1: Well, it's, well, it's, it's mutual. So how did you, so let's talk a little bit about the National Business Development Association. So how did you learn about NBDA? Sure.
0: So like we just mentioned, you and Christine are clients. So Ali Nasser, our CEO, introduced me to Christine and in the spirit of COVID and online meetings last year, Christine and I met over a Zoom call, um, a phone call. (laughs) And she said, I just, Think it would be great to sit on our board of directors. So that's how we, we got things started and kicked off.
1: Wow, nothing like a battlefield promotion, huh?
0: <laughs> I was absolutely flattered and excited to join. So
1: it was great. So, so you're saying that in that very first call, she invited you to be on the board?
0: She sure did.
1: That's not surprising. <laughs> she she she's a woman of action and she's I love decisive. It. She is decisive. So, so I'd kind of like to talk about uh, NBDA sort of in two parts. You know, kind of one, just the experience of being a member, and what yeah. are the things that are attractive. Well, I get. Well, let me just back up. If she hadn't invited you to join the board, do you imagine that you still would have joined NBDA?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a okay. great opportunity to develop professionally and personally. So, hundred
1: percent. And so. From a personal level, it's the opportunity just kind of for that growth and opportunity to you know learn new ideas and and network with other BD professionals. Is that about right?
0: That sounds right on the money for sure. Okay, we to, yeah, we get to um, so just as a member and taking the board position out of it, we have a ton of events. Christina's great, at really finding exclusive speakers that have great training programs or professional development to come in or, so we've had some face-to-face stuff this year, which is fantastic, as well as doing new sessions, events over Zoom and everything has just been, it's a great way to learn and learn new things that you may have not really thought about in the past, especially with how our environment has changed over the past year, year and a half.
1: Sure. So that's so that's good, and thank you for that perspective on being a member. Do you and so because there's not been as as many in person events the last you know since you've joined, have, has it still been effective for you? Can you like point to new relationships that have formed or you know new clients that you can point to NBDA as being the uh, genesis of?
0: Absolutely, I mean some really great new relationships, even though we're meeting over Zoom or online and holding our board meetings online. I still feel like I can get to know who who everyone is, ask the right questions, open-ended questions. It's not the same as shaking someone's hand in person and and having that nonverbal communication while you're, you're mm-hmm. talking to someone, but it certainly can happen. I mean, we have signed multiple new clients that are all over the nation here. And it's been fantastic. And I do feel like I know them. I know who they are personally and professionally. And it's it's kind of worked in our favor in some way to be able to reach out to a larger market.
1: Sure, sure. Well, that's great. And then now, let's talk a bit about being on the board. What are and I know Christine invited you, and she can be pretty persuasive. So I'm not going to ask you why you joined the board because you've kind of already covered that. But what have been some of the things about being on the board that you've uh, particularly enjoyed or find particularly satisfying? And additionally, I'm going to hit you with a three-part question. Actually, let me just break it down. So, do you have an official title on the board?
0: I am the director of marketing for. Okay.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So what does that entail?
0: So I work with our director of programs a lot, kind of updating the website, making sure all of our events are out there, our mentee and mentor programs are set up, which is something we're working on rolling out this year and next year, social media effort. We work as a team though. I'm not the only one making those posts for NBDA on, on LinkedIn. Right. So sure making sure that we are reaching out to our networks as a group and focusing on having everything in the right place. So when you hop on the website, you know exactly where to go and can find the information you're looking for.
1: Okay. That's helpful. What? So now I'm going to get to the other parts of my three-part question. So what what are, what are the, some of the things that you particularly enjoy about being on the board?
0: I think I love the fact that everybody's really open, honest, vulnerable when we have our meetings. So if I have an idea, I'm, I can share it. Everybody listens to it. Might not be the best idea. <laughs> or sure. it might be a great one. You never know, right? So just being able to be vulnerable with the group and throw something out there and see if it's something we want to move forward with. I've built some great new relationships on the board that I wouldn't have if I hadn't joined. NBDA or the board of directors. So, I was just at a networking event last night where I saw a couple of people from the board, which is great.
1: That's that's awesome. I you you mentioned that you ran into the founder of a local law firm and I actually served on a board with that guy about 20 years ago. And it's all uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's from that, that I have a relationship with that law firm to where, you know, I know the, the managing partner. And in fact, that managing partner is at an event you all hosted, I think a week ago or two weeks ago that I was at.
0: That so, is correct.
1: yeah, I've found board, board membership to, to really be, be helpful from, from the relationship building. And especially since you've just been at Ultra Vista, just, I think about a year now, it's probably been a good Uh, way to to, kind of supercharge things, right?
0: Absolutely. It's a great segue to meet new people that are centers of influence for our business.
1: Mm -hmm. That's great. So now let's talk a bit more kind of drilling down to your business development uh, efforts. So how much time a week do you typically uh, dedicate to business development?
0: I would say at least 30 to 35 of my 45 hours a week.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. And is that about, is that about how much time you, you want to spend because there are certain administrative things that you need to do, right? Team meetings and that kind of stuff. So it's 30 to 35 about the, about your goal for how much you want to spend.
0: Yeah. I think it's really, um, I've really done well with that amount of time. And I am very lucky to have some great people on my team that have, given me the ability to kind of level up and they can handle a lot of those administrative tasks. So I don't have to, which is awesome.
1: That's, that's great. So now drilling down a little further from your career doing business development and sales, have you kind of identified some like best practices that you tend to, to stick to?
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say first off, um, really building relationships, understanding that, you know, the person that you're talking to on the other end of the phone or the zoom call or shaking hands with has a personal side to them. It's not all business building that, that strong relationship is key for me. And okay. I've always done that. And that's what has made me extremely successful in my roles. When it comes to business development i really do care about who i'm working with i genuinely enjoy it and want to know that they were helping them be successful and helping them grow through our work
1: okay so
0: relationship building is primary biggest best practice for me being vulnerable is another one so i think if i know if i'm able to be vulnerable in a situation and open up a little bit, then the person I'm speaking with and working with is going to do the same thing. Right. So another best practice for me specifically that has worked well. Um, I mean, no one's perfect, right? We all have a story. So I enjoy sharing mine and kind of where I came from and, and how that drives my passion for helping other business owners.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's, that, that's great. So to kind of summarize your Focus is really on building relationships, getting to know the the people not just at business level but at a personal level, and really engaging with them at a deep enough level that you you truly can demonstrate your 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 care for them in the relationship, and then lastly, being vulnerable yourself because you've learned that as you're more vulnerable. And open the people you're talking with will tend to reciprocate, and that ends up accelerating and deepening the relationship. Did I about summarize
0: it? You summarized it wonderfully. Yes, Dave, you got it. Um, okay. There's, there's, of course, other best practices too. Okay. So be consistent. Make sure you deliver what you say you're going to do. Follow up, check in, stay top of mind. You know, don't be. Don't be the person that's sending an email every single day, but, but sure. check in and have, have solid touch points um, with your prospects or your network in different ways. Send a handwritten thank you note, send you know a friend request on LinkedIn, whatever it might be. Just, just be different. Don't, don't always send an email. Pick up the phone and make a phone call. Okay. <laughs> so many people forget that we can make a phone call and just hide behind the keyboard. Um, right. And it's really hard to build a strong relationship by just sending an email. Um, sure. So, yeah, utilize all of your abilities in that way, right? So step out of your comfort zone sometimes. I know not everybody loves to be on the phone, but if you're in business development, you should be okay with it, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it you, shouldn't be a problem. You yeah. You should be. So and so, so thank you for for also kind of anticipating another question around building rapport and trust that you you sort of answered as part of your other question. So, thank you. You're just making my life real easy here. I'm, and so, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's good. So so, how do you? I mean, you kind of touched on it. You know, sending thank you notes, phone calls, friend requests. Like, what else do you kind of specifically? like invest your time, developing relationships, identifying new business. Could you kind of maybe give us a, a example of a day in the life of Sue Ellen?
0: Sure, sure. Um, so a day in the life, right? Like You're, today, perfect. why don't we
1: talk about, or how about yesterday? Why don't we talk about yesterday?
0: yesterday? Hey, let's talk about Tuesday. Because okay, man, let's, man, let's man, talk man, about uh, Tuesday. <laughs> talk about that day. Met with five different prospects on Tuesday. So it was, it was a marathon Zoom meeting day. And highly productive, but making sure that I'm reaching out to them afterwards, letting them know I, I appreciate their time. You know, what we do is very personal. We're talking about very personal things when you bring up wealth. And you've got to make sure that your your prospects and your network, you know, they they trust you. I think trust is a huge part of that. And and building that relationship helps build that trust too. So a day in the life is really um, checking in on you know, those prospects that are in the pipeline that need a, a quick touch point, whether that's an email, a phone call, sending a thank you card, or even reaching out to any of my centers of influence that might have sent over a referral. We have a really cool little referral gift that we put nice. into place this year. Very simple, but it's, it's really neat. It entails another small local business. So we're helping that business grow as well while, we're, while our centers of influence are helping us grow. That's really neat. So different things like that. We we send welcome gifts to our new clients and just show our appreciation in different ways. So between meetings, I am catching up with my marketing team. So I run and manage our marketing efforts at UltraVista. And so we're making sure our social posts are, are out there and really talking about the current and relevant topics that business owners want to hear about. Reaching out to my team and just circling around everything, making sure I am on top of, of all of the prospects and all of the things that, that I have to do in my daily role. Get to work with our CEO, Ali Nasser a lot, which is fantastic. He is a great human being and a great speaker and has a ton of knowledge. So it's really nice to get to learn from him and from the rest of our team. I mean, everybody in our team really brings something new and valuable to, um, every relationship that we build, So it's really, really great. So really just meeting with new prospects on a daily basis, creating what we call a preliminary assessment to give our prospects a high level view of their current position and where there are potential gaps and opportunities in their planning and helping them, you know, get there and and tighten up all of those things, quarterbacking that process essentially.
1: Okay. So I would love, so I'm, I know that you all use the Colby score. So I'm an eight mm-hmm. fact finder. So I just, you know, can't get enough of info. So you'd mentioned <laughs> your five prospect meetings on Tuesday while keeping you know them anonymous. Could you just kind of like, give us an example, like just think of one of them and maybe kind of like explain or, you know, kind of tell the, you know, their story again, in a completely anonymous fashion and maybe, you know, like the kind of the whole journey, how they how you came to know them? Kind of, you know, what you know made them want to have a call. Kind of, what the uh, takeaway was. Could you do that? Could you think Absolutely. of one of the five that you could just off the off the cuff speak Absolutely.
0: of? Absolutely. Yeah, my first meeting on Tuesday I met with a gentleman um, who had worked in the industry for, I think he said almost twenty years. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of got scooped up by actually one of our current clients. Knocked on his door and said. You know, I want to start a company with you. So they started a business together as partners, and they are currently about to go through an exit. So okay. This client said, "Hey, you've got to reach out to Ultra Vista, Let them kind of share what what they do, and here's how it has helped me." Him and his wife are, you know, just there. I love working with entrepreneurs because I feel like you can bootstrap it, right? They they work hard. And they have a passion for what they do. And he's been doing this for about five and a half years with this partner. And there's a couple of other um, partners involved as well. And in that five and a half years for him to be going through an exit and be financially in a new position that he never would have expected to be in is super exciting. Mm. Um, so, Talked about preparing for the exit, how we can assist in that way, walking yeah. him through the whole wealth with purpose planning process that we do.
1: Yeah. And so did this person, you know, have any kind of financial advisor or were they just kind of, you know, sort of by default handling it themselves or did they just kind of have some, you know, retail broker, you know, one of the big broker houses helping him? What was his kind of, what was his kind of level of assistance before you came into the picture?
0: So currently he's not, he's not working with anyone else. He hasn't, gotten to a place where he felt he needed to reach Mm -hmm. out to someone but with the exit coming up obviously that puts him in a different category and brings a whole new plethora of of options and he for sure needs guidance on on how to take take that exit and make it work for him and his wife and his children in the best way but he did not have any any other advisors outside of your you know, a CPA that helps with the business.
1: Right.
0: Um, that's not always the case. I mean, we talk to people that have a ton of advisors. <laughs> and right. something we do different is we bring all of those advisors to the table and collaborate with them and make sure that we're sharing our client's vision with them so they, they can work on a strategic level instead of just a tactical level. Um, mm-hmm. It's important that, you know, we're not just filing for taxes And meeting the deadline, you know, what about looking at that full lifetime tax and Mm -hmm. approach it in a different way and strategic way and to make it work for your state and your long term goals?
1: Okay. I like it. Yeah. And so thank you for that kind of case study example, if you will, if you would, or if you, as you explain, let's see what. Where should we go next? Let's talk about recharging. How do you recharge and stay focused on your goals?
0: That's a great one. So a few things. I think the first and primary thing that I've learned to do, even just over, and I've focused on more even in the past three months, taking clarity breaks. So our organization runs on entrepreneurial operating system, so EOS, Yeah. and they really hone in on taking those clarity breaks. And what that is, is just spending time in not in your office, not where you work, right. Mm-hmm. It could be, um, out in the park, it could be in a coffee shop, staying off of all of your electronics and having a notepad for me, my remarkable.
1: Dad. Yes. And those just, are cool. Aren't they?
0: Yes. I love it. And just kind of writing all of the things and dumping all of those things that are in your head out mm-hmm. um, to, to find that clarity overall and being able to go back to your day and start fresh instead of mm-hmm. starting with a ton of other additional thoughts in your mind i think that has been a huge shift for me and i've really enjoyed it so i would say clarity breaks are my my biggest thing to help me stay focused on my goals i also think we, you know, we meet on a quarterly basis to review every single quarter. So we're constantly talking about goals and looking at personal goals as well as our professional goals. I sit down every quarter and do that. I write my own personal goals out for the quarter. And then obviously we do that as well professionally in our, in our business. But that's another thing. If, if I feel like I'm getting a little stuck, clarity break or opening up those goals and just refreshing myself on, on my focus.
1: Okay. Well, that's, 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 uh, that's good because you have to be able to recharge and the clarity breaks and the fact that UltraVista is really focused on the quarterly planning that that's uh, kind of built in to remind you to look at your goals for the quarter is, uh, is great.
0: Absolutely. And we want to crush those goals. We're growing. So <laughs> I'm constantly looking at those goals and making sure we're going to exceed them.
1: That's Awesome what what do you wish you knew early in your business development career
0: I I wish that I would have been in a business development position that would have led me into building relationships early on I was in a more transactional BD role in my first position as an outside sales sales rep so I guess just building relationships and being vulnerable for me early on would have could have potentially shifted it. And I think that, that's a good starting point for anybody who is really out there doing BD. Okay. Also, of course, your managers are going to tell you, you know, it's a numbers game. You have to make so many calls and you have to knock on so many doors. and And that is true, too. I mean, it is a numbers game. But I do sure. think your close ratio really shifts. When you start building rapport with your your clients and centers of influence, and and you're getting referrals, right? Instead of just knocking on and on cold leads and trying to to close those.
1: Hmm. No, great, uh, great, great points. So, what would you say? So, say somebody came to you, maybe like right out of college, or they were looking to make a career shift, but however it happened, they were looking to enter a career in business development, what, what advice might you have for them?
0: Well, first, I would want them to take the Colby. Okay. <laughs> if it's the right fit for them. I mean, you know, some, some people aren't great in these roles. It's not their unique ability. So let's make sure. And outside of that, just be your authentic self. Do what you say you're going to do. Follow through, under promise, over deliver, follow up make sure you're reaching out and having those touch points. I think it's seven or eight statistically that you should be reaching out, you know, to a prospect or a new client or even a center of influence. You know, you're constantly keeping and staying top of mind aware. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, get that's... face to
0: face. Shake hands if you can. I know our world is different now, but look people in the eye, shake their hand. That's
1: that's great. You know, I met Ali about 10 years ago in Strategic Coach. We were both in Strategic Coach together. And Dan Sullivan, the founder of Strategic Coach, he he has what he calls the four referability habits. I don't know if you've ever heard Ali mention these. I haven't. So let's see if I can remember them. Let's see. Show up on time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Finish what you start. Do what you say you're going to do and say please and thank you. Oh, I and love it. Yeah. See, if if I can remember it, be on time, do what you say you're going to do, finish what you start and say, please. And thank you. Because his theory is if, if you make those just a part of your daily life, it's much easier to refer to you, right? Because think about the other way. It's hard to refer to somebody who's always late, who doesn't Mm -hmm. do what they say they're going to do, who doesn't finish anything, And who's, you know, just generally not appreciative and kind of rude, right? You know, it's kind of hard to to imagine referring uh, to somebody with the opposite uh, traits.
0: Say that question again, Dave.
1: Oh, I just said it it was really a comment,
0: not a question.
1: Yeah, I was just saying that somebody who embodies the opposite of those traits would be rather difficult to refer to, wouldn't it?
0: Oh, a hundred percent. There is no way I would make a referral to that person.
1: Sure.
0: Um, <laughs> so yeah, if you're not, I love those. Those are absolutely true. I mean, have good manners, be appreciative, do what you say you're going to do. I think that's a huge piece of it. Follow through. Yeah. Um, and what was the first one again? I missed it. Uh,
1: be on time.
0: Be on time. Yes. Yeah. Be on time.
1: It's funny because when you think about it, like all four of those seem to be not in fashion because it seems like most people, most of the time are, are none of those things, you know, they're late They're you know, but anyway, we won't dwell on that. So as we're wrapping up, I can't believe how the time has flown by besides NBDA, what else do you do to develop your business development skills? So I
0: think, Obviously, I'm networking. I'm a part of other organizations. That was another event that I was at last night. And reading. I love to read new books and new ideas, learn from others, right? So reach out to mentors or my network if I have a question on something and, and get their advice on how to implement maybe something new or potentially make a new connection. And then plugging into online courses where it's appropriate.
1: Mm-hmm. Excellent oh, uh, <laughs> sure, so I have three questions left. Let's see which order I want to ask them in. So I've got two surprise questions that I say surprise because they would n- maybe not be what you would expect. The other questions you you know are maybe not surprising. So the first one, this is the trickiest one the one that's going to cause you to have some vulnerability and candor. okay, if you could go, you ready, you ready for this? <laughs> Think so. If you could go back in time and give some advice to your 25-year-old self, what advice might you give yourself? Personally, professionally, anything.
0: Awesome. I love that question, and I can tell you the answer right away. Don't be the yes girl.
1: Okay. What does, that girl that, what does that mean? What does that mean?
0: Don't be the woman that says yes to everyone and everything.
1: Um, It's okay okay. to say
0: no and making sure that you say no so you can say say yes to your best opportunities instead of being spread thin across the board where you're saying yes to everything and you have way too much on your plate and it's just overwhelming. So Mm -hmm. when I was 25, I had a very tragic loss. My father passed away and I was handling his estate and it was not Mm -hmm. buttoned up. And I was recently married with four kids. We were, um, a blended family.
1: Oh, wow. That's a lot going on
0: running his company, working full time. It was a lot. And I think, and, and I did get to a place where I said no. And I stepped back and said, this is not healthy for me. And I need to focus on myself and my family and, and make sure we're doing the right thing. So that's what I would tell myself. It's okay to say no. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's great. Well, there's a guy who I heard on Tim Ferriss's podcast named Derek Sivers, and he has a metric that he uses when he evaluates opportunities. Now, granted, he's like uh, you know, you know, financially independent, you know, wealthy, so he you know has more control than you know a lot of us do. But he, when people give, when an opportunity presents himself that requires you know any meaningful time commitment. He has two answers. It's either hell yes or no. Mm-hmm. So there's no in- So his point is 99% of the answers are just the default. No. And he only says yes when it's a, a hell, hell yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Still. We actually did that in our quarterly planning. This, this quarter, oh, you did? As well as That's we sure awesome. Did. We said, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no.
1: <laughs> we certainly <laughs> That's that is great. So, the last two questions: Is there anything else you'd like to to share that might be of help to any other business development people listening?
0: Yeah, just be your authentic self. I mean, okay, I that's probably been the probably not different from what I've already said. Building those genuine relationships internally with your your staff and your colleagues is just as important as building it externally with your networks and prospective clients Mm -hmm. you know you don't have a strong relationship with your operations team or in my case my planning team who is the one that actually delivers on what i am selling (laughs) in a Mm -hmm. sense um and i don't have their trust then you're not going to get very far so make sure that you're focused on on your people and You know them and they know and trust you as well. And you can 100% deliver on what you you say you're going to do.
1: That's great. So we're down to the final question, the other surprise question. And I've borrowed this from a client of ours who has a podcast, Chris Hanslick, who uh, is the chairman at Boyer & Miller. And we help them with their uh, podcast. And so it's one of his questions he asks every guest. And I've started copying it. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, and you like, if you think about it more than a second, you've thought too long. So it's first thing okay. that comes to your mind. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Barbecue or Tex Mex? Tex Mex, 100%. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I asked that question to uh, a guest I interviewed yesterday. And his answer was interesting. He said, if it's world-class barbecue, he'll take the barbecue. He says, but he has more tolerance for average Tex-Mex than he does average barbecue. So I thought that was an interesting answer too.
0: We live in Houston, right? So I feel like every corner we've got a barbecue restaurant or um, a Mexican restaurant. And my son, who's 15, Every time we go out to eat, uh, eat, I tell him, let's go eat Mexican. He's like, mom, every time we go out, that's we want to go. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry, but we haven't been out in a couple of weeks, you know?
1: Yeah. And there's, <laughs> and Houston's a great food town, especially oh, for absolutely. Tex-Mex and uh, barbecue. Well, that does it. Well, that, now that we've answered the most important question, and we know that Tex-Mex <laughs> is with that, why don't we wrap up? And and go ahead once we stop recording. Go ahead and, and hang around. So for our, our debrief. So so Ellen, I really appreciate you being on the podcast, and I've really enjoyed getting to know you. I've not spent much time with you in the past, and it's really great to hear your story, hear your enthusiasm and passion around NBDA, Ultra Vista, and just your 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 energetic. Engaging uh, personality. It's really been a fun way to spend the last uh, 45 minutes. So, thank you so much for making time to be on the podcast.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. I, I really enjoyed it, Dave. Thank you.
1: And there we have it. Another great episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes at podcast.nbda.co. And you can find out more about being a member of the National Business Development Association at nbda.co. That's it for this episode. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time.